Mark and Sarah talk about shoot. Marsh and Sarah talk about shoot. Marsh and Sarah talk about song. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 51 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Not to be confused with Area 51, although I do sometimes make sounds that might make you think I am an extraterrestrial life form. That's right, right, on this podcast, I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and with me, as always, is the divine, spectacular, and certainly not extraterrestrial, Sarah D. Bunting. Yeah, jury's still out on that, but uh, I thank you for the divine part. Hi, Mark. (laughs) Hello. The Duchess of D does honor you today. Oh, and every day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sarah. Area D, where it's already off the rails. Sarah, even though we've only been doing this for 51 episodes, I still feel like there are sometimes uh, artists that I'm surprised to realize we have not yet talked about, and... uh, you have brought in a song for us today from one of those artists, and I feel like it was about time we got to this. So, Sarah, why don't you tell us which classic artist we will be discussing today? Uh, today we've got some Billy Joel from the album Glass Houses, uh, specifically the track Sleeping with the Television On. Uh, I believe that the way that we wended our way around to ranking the Intego Girls album is that I had suggested ranking Billy Joel's greatest hits and then we were kind of like mm, that could work but neither of us was like thrilled about it and so I was like all right well let's back burner that and maybe we can find another album that would be a better fit and don't ask me how my mind how my synapses got me from William Joel to Amy and Emily because I just don't know uh, but I do know a couple of things about sleeping with the television on, both doing it and listening to the song. So let's hear a clip right now, and then we can talk about it. Younger listeners in the audience, and <laughs> I have to say, I am too young to actually remember this happening, or just wasn't allowed to watch any TV. But that uh, that clip that you hear in the beginning of the song is how television stations used to sign off for the night. You may, if you've watched Poltergeist, you are you are familiar with this. That they would show some footage of the flag, they'd play the Star Spangled Banner, and they'd be like, "This ends our broadcast day," and then it would go to static, like. Shit was just not on for six horrible hours, which uh, (laughs) knowing this and knowing what I do as my day job, uh, I think adds to the the overall sense or the atmosphere of the song 
But I actually just like the song. I like this whole album. This was like the first album of Billy Joel's that we like really owned as a family. It's the one I've heard the most times. It's the one I'm the most forgiving of. And uh, it's this is just a like straight ahead sort of late 70s um, pop song about, you know, that line in Tootsie where he's like, we could, you know, role play, but I just really want to make love to you. And then she throws a drink in his yes. face, even though he got that line from her. Yes. It, like, this is that it's sort of like song form. And it's one of the few Billy Joel joints where I actually think he sounds kind of sexy. Like that sort of swoop vocally that he does on uh, on uh, Somebody Wrong. Um, wrong. Wrong. That part, yes. I mean, it's very, it's very like cusp of the cusp of 1980 but in a good way and this very compact story of like you know love and heartbreak in the city and two people who've been burned it's not trying too hard it's not trying to sort of step to like allentown steelworkers or the fall of saigon or or... the entire history of the world as in we didn't start the fire or yeah or like the plight of the bay fishermen like he was still not quite famous enough at this point i think that he could have gotten away with some of that like you know blue collar lament stuff better at this point but i think what is great about this album overall uh is that he doesn't try to do that he's just writing pop songs about love i think this is a very good story that's almost country music and the fact that there's a narrative it's addressed to a woman uh it's not um you're not sort of like it's not like that vague imagery or you know strained metaphors he's just telling you what happened uh it's a good guitar break i don't know i just like it i think this is everything that billy joel does well and nothing that he doesn't do well but kept annoyingly trying to do and trying our patience as fans uh were you familiar with the song before we addressed it on the podcast uh no i had never heard it before and i have to say it has really helped me to get over my general lack of interest in the songs of one william joel because <laughs> really? i because well first why of all, is I, that well I mean, not, well, actually both. I was going to say, why did it help you get over it? But also talk to me about your lack of interest, because it's like, it's one of those things growing up in Jersey where like, you don't have a choice. You're interested whether you like it or not. Yes. Well, first of all, let me say that I am old enough. So I know you are too, to remember the TV going off at the end of the night. Because when I had a TV in my room, when I was in fifth grade, I would stay up later than I was supposed to and watch until the flag and the star-spangled banner and then the, the white noise or the, the fuzz, the snow, and then I would go to bed. And I also remember randomly that Nickelodeon, before the advent of Nick at Night, used to go off at 8 p.m. You would see Danger Mouse, you would see the like three-minute clip of Banana Man, and then that would be it until the next morning when Penwheel came on for 16 hours. Oh, so Penwheel. <laughs> I remember too <laughs> much about the Nickelodeon hours. schedule. Oh my god, Penwheel. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. It was 16 hours of pinwheel, and then finally you got to today's special with Jeff the Mannequin that came to life. Uh-huh. And Fred Newman of Mouth Sounds. 
That's exactly right. But this is not so, Mastan. Market Sarah no. talked about Nickelodeon. <laughs> Although it could be... I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen at some point. <laughs> so around the same time that I was aware of Nickelodeon's programming schedule, I was also aware of the songs from An Innocent Man. So the the retro songs that Billy Joel released, like Uptown Girl and The Longest uh-huh. Time and Tell Her About It. And I like all of those songs quite a lot um, to this day. And then... Later on, I was aware of uh, We Didn't Start the Fire, which was number one on the day that uh, was actually one of the songs that ascended to number one on my actual birthday. So I think of that as one of my (coughs) special songs, if you will. But so Billy Joel was kind of always there. I was always tapping my toes to some song of his or another. But as has happened so often to me in my life, I got exhausted by the reverence with which people older than me would discuss him and therefore became resistant to him. And like, yes, Piano Man is a good song, but I also started to become exhausted by the self-serious schmaltiness of a lot of his songs, and I find them almost Mm -hmm. unbearable. I am not in a New York state of mind. I don't ever want to hear that song again. I find that song so insipid and treacly, and I know that's a sin, And I've lived in New York for a long time. I've even seen Billy Joel perform live at Madison Square Garden where his self-regard could not have been bigger. I mean, he could have powered Manhattan for two days on the energy of his own self-regard and the fawning quality of the people in the room who were cheering for him. And then later I read this story about how he flies in on a helicopter to play Madison Square Garden, and then he flies away again. And it's just like, oh, Oh, I God. read that story. Yeah. He's... And it's just... Ugh. It's only it's... so he doesn't wrap his car around a tree again, is A. Yeah. B, New York State of Mind is a bad song. Like, the the ones that you probably heard just, like, walking through the... Because they were, like, inoffensive radio hits. Like, the, yes. you know, that got murdered on Light FM. Uh, the just the way ones. you are is another one. I just can't. Oh, the plinking. Yep, right there uh, with you. A lot of it's horrible. So I just didn't. I, 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 there, I don't know. I just couldn't. And we discussed that a little bit before with Bruce Springsteen, who I also came around on. But like you were saying before, I just didn't know that Billy Joel had a song that was this this, this easy. You know that there was an ease to there's an ease to the melody there's an ease to the vocal performance it is kind of sexy he isn't trying to encapsulate an entire beaten down culture in three minutes or less I just find the song very very charming and you have inadvertently given my husband and I something to bond over because my husband loves the entire Glass Houses album and so in here when he heard that you had suggested this song he got really excited and we sat and. Well, not sat. We were standing in the kitchen uh, preparing a meal, and we listened to the whole album. And I also really love the song. I think it's for Lena. Interesting. And I had never heard that song before either. So now there are these two songs, and like it's still rock and roll to me. Eh, fine. Well, you but that right. one you've heard a gazillion times. So that's gonna exactly. be one of those that you're like, that's the baby that the rest of the bathwater goes out with. So I totally get it. Exactly. But then I found a new appreciation for You May Be Right as well. So apparently, Sarah, I've just been waiting to rediscover or discover for the first time Glass Houses era Billy Joel. Because to me, a lot of these songs, this one included, just have a really appealing insouciance about them. And I I don't feel like he has yet become the grand poet of the New Jersey soul or whatever the fuck 
and it's, it just makes him it, so much more worse. enjoyable. It's of the Long Island soul. We can't oh, even claim yes. him. But it just it just makes him much more enjoyable and appealing to me. And uh, there's a there's a certain lack of pomposity here that I just it makes me remember or see afresh that he is incredibly gifted. And it was that level of talent that got him to the place where he was then able to become what he became. So I say to you a great thanks, Sarah, because this song is a jam. Well, I was um, I was unsure. I was like, I'd like to pick a Billy Joel song for this episode, but which one shall I pick? I wanted to pick one that I like, but that doesn't tend to be either controversial or has been heard a million times because I did know that you sort of had no use for William Joel. And I was very relieved to hear that Andrew was excited about this choice because I was like, okay, it's possible that I can sell it. Like <laughs> it isn't necessary, obviously for us to agree on everything. See the Calypso breakdown <laughs> incident. Just kidding. That, <laughs> or uh, I understand uh, Tiny that is written in the stars. Oh, Oh God. Yeah, that's right. Right. Wow. I think I had, uh, I think I had <laughs> Some wounds still hurt. Oh! oh! So I was like, well, but you know what? Like, I like Billy Joel. That's one of those, like, just growing up with it songs. But here's an interesting thing about Billy Joel and sort of growing up with him. It's not just that I grew up with him. It's that this was an artist that I came to via my parents and that what that means is that we would listen to sort of the same tapes and albums, including like Jesus Christ Superstar, a semi-subject of ours, way back in episode three, I think. Yes, the first time um, we talked about uh, Yvonne Elliman. Yes, uh, and some Billy Joel albums and some, um, oh my God, the Starlight Express cast album, Don't Ask, and the Sesame Street album, because, you know, I had a younger brother. But... There's something about coming to Billy Joel as a kid and also having done so in that era where you are going to have to pretty much listen to the whole album because your parents' 1975 car has a cassette deck, but you can't, like, it can't tell when the next song is and you can't really fast forward because someone ashed into that button and now it's broken. Uh, (laughs) And being familiar with the full sweep of a given album i'm glad that you could have the experience that i had growing up which was to listen to the whole album and then find some gems like billy joel fans sort of we like all for lena but then we recognize that it's like very melodramatic and who is this woman who died and da 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 but that you got to come to that in a way that i came to it like 30 or 40 years ago and that's cool because the trick with Billy Joel, I think, is to get away from the heavy radio play stuff, mm. the schmoopy Casio stuff, everything that you, you know, justly were like, I'm just going to no thanks this entire catalog. But if you can get away from that stuff and sort of dig in, like at some point, you know, he was famous for a reason. He's not a Kardashian. Right. Although, now that I've put that mental image in my own head. It's sort of hilarious. So thank you for coming on this journey with me and William Joel. Well, yeah, and I have to say, I'm glad. And actually, if 
if the sort of received wisdom about All for Lena is that Joel fans don't like it, I'm glad that I came to it without that knowledge because I did quite like that song. And it's just a reminder that... Oh, no, we like it. It's just bad. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I I just completely disagree with you. I think it's really good. So it's it's a good reminder, I think, that for any of us who have become so ensconced with an artist that we have started to accept the the standard quote-unquote way of seeing something that maybe sometimes it's helpful to be shaken out of that a little bit that would be my argument on that particular score yeah no i i disagree so and i hope that in a future episode you can identify some artists that i'm like major league capital n nope and then i can have the experience of coming to it and being like you know what Maybe I was wrong, and I'm happy to have been wrong because I don't know. I'd always so, rather... yeah, and similar. Then it makes me wonder too, like what what song do I have some sort of like thing that I believe to be true that you would feel something of? Well, it's not unlike the way that you completely saw um, Midnight Train to Georgia differently than me. It's always nice to find out when we see when we hear and see things differently, but still fundamentally agree. Like yeah. we like things, but for different reasons. Anyway. So, well, I say thank you for shaking up my paradigm. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Duchess of D, for saying paradigm <laughs> and for giving uh, giving young Billy another chance. I'm, well, I'm, I think it was a net positive for everyone. I agree. Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting, and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. Today's theme song was written by Andrew Byrne, whom I have on good authority is very cute. If you would like to place an ad, request a song, or arrange for a pop chart birthday reading by Mark, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet at us at talksongs, or hit up our Facebook page at facebook.com slash mastass.podcast. And if you like the podcast, let us know. Leave us a review on iTunes or the podcast download interface of your choice. And please download the music you hear legally. Until next time, this is Mark. And this is Sarah. And And this this is Mark Mark and Sarah Sarah talk talk about about songs. Wishing the undertow would stop. How can a man take any more? There's nothing else I can do, cause I'm doing it all for later. I don't want anyone new, cause I'm living it all for later. Mark and Sarah talk about shoot. Mark and Sarah talk about shoot. Talk about songs Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.